The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey, y'all. Hey. Welcome back to Such a Lady. Or if this is your first time, welcome to Such a Lady. I just appreciate y'all for tuning in. So either way, hey, I'm, I'm with it. So... Um, I hope everybody is doing great. Our next story is one that is kind of crazy because it kind of makes you think like, I don't know if anybody's heard this saying, but, you know, if you play with fire, you have to be prepared to get burned. And so that's kind of how I feel about this next case. But you guys tell me. Also, let me say this in the beginning just in case you don't listen all the way to the end because you should but i know sometimes i cut off stuff you know once i think i already know what the end is gonna be or whatever so i'll cut it off but here's the deal if you are listening to this podcast go to our page on instagram such a lady 30 leave a comment about what you liked about the episode this episode or any other episode and what it does is it puts you um in the drawing to win a gift certificate at the end of the month i mean so you really can't beat that if you're already on instagram now you've already listened to the podcast go to the what go comment and enter for free money you can't beat free money i don't understand it like if somebody's saying that's all i gotta do i'm gonna do it but i can't win free money for myself so i can't do it so you do it okay so let's get started our next toxic love story gone wrong is about jessica delancey and she is out of sunny jackson florida and I hate to, like, do the background because it's like, oh, she had a horrible background. She didn't have the best appearance. But I know that there are some people who have that same background who don't make those bad choices. So that's why, I, if you notice, I don't really go too much into the background. I might just kind of say, hey, she grew up and she had a poor home or she might have been, you know, mistreated as a child. But I don't really like to say that that's the reason why people do the things that they do because i believe that at a certain point in our lives we get to decide if we want to keep making those choices but that's just my opinion and i don't get paid for that so let's keep it moving so jessica was 23 and um she was abandoned by her mother and her grandmother, you know, like most grandmothers will take in their children, their grandchildren, if their children, you know, something comes up. In this case, Jessica's grandmother wasn't too thrilled about having to take her in. I mean, she did it, but she did it out of obligation. It wasn't like, hey, yeah, baby, come here. You know, Nana loves you. It's kind of like, I guess I'll do it if I have to do it. And I mean, and I'm not saying that in a bad way, because after you've raised your children, it's not ungrateful or if it's, it's not mean of you to say, 
I want to I want to have my own life. But she decided that she was going to take on the role of raising her grandchild, which was fine. And Jessica went on through school. And when she turned 17, she ended up getting married. And it was a it was a really bad marriage. And during that marriage, she ended up having a son and he actually left her. She didn't leave him. He left her. And she was heartbroken behind that, which I mean, with any relationship, especially with the kid. And I'm sure that was her first love. And from everything else that I could read, she was one of the women who was looking for love in all the wrong places. Her dad wasn't in her life. And so when she met this guy in high school, and I'm sure he was whispering sweet nothings in her ear, she was just soaking it all in. And then once she got in... He wanted out, and it's just so common. Um, Jessica decided she was going to move on. Her and her son were going to have a good life. She decided to get her own place. Um, She couldn't afford it on her own, so she got a roommate. But she was going to school to be a CNA, and she was definitely trying. I mean, you know, you have to give her a prop. She was a young mother on her own doing it, you know, trying to make it happen. But... Unfortunately, you know, the CNA school and the part-time job wasn't cutting it, but her roommate was a stripper. And so I can only imagine, because I'm a visual person, I'm going to school every day. I have a son. I'm working a part-time job. I'm coming home. I'm still broke. I have this roommate who's a stripper, and she's coming home with all these ones. I mean, they don't have to be ones, but she's coming home. And she's making good money. And she's telling me, hey, listen, why are you working for crumbs when you can come over here and get paid like I get paid? And so at first, reports say that Jessica was really reluctant to even look into the idea of it. But, you know, I guess Bills and her roommate kind of wore down. And so she decided to, you know, give in to the wave. And so she decided to become a stripper. And she was bringing in good money. She was. She was bringing in good money. But she wasn't like diamond off of the player's club. She wasn't stripping and going to school. When she started stripping, she decided that the money was good and she didn't need to go to school anymore. And so she dropped out. And it was unfortunate because, I mean, I know as a stripper, look, I don't knock it. I mean, if I could get my tail up on somebody's dang pole, I'd be more than happy to get up there. But nobody is paying me for anything if anything i'm gonna be paying for them to give me up off the floor but yeah so i don't knock any woman's hustle but i think that with stripping that's something that you can only do for so long i mean how long are your knees gonna let you drop it like it's hot i mean before i mean you know (laughs) how long is that gonna happen y'all so i think that it's always good to have a backup plan I would have loved if she would have stayed in school. Maybe this story would be different. Maybe we wouldn't be talking about it today, but here we are. And so she continued stripping. And while she was at the strip club, she met Derek, Derek Golson. And Derek was younger than her, but Derek was, if he was one of the people that when he walked in, people noticed who he was. He was a, he was a, a big time drug dealer. He was flashy with his money. Uh, when he first 
met Jessica, the reports state that he put like a whole wad of cash in her G-string. And I'm sure if, the, you know, if stripping's her thing and this man puts that in her her G-string, she's like, oh, yeah, well, he's a baller. You know, let me see what he's about. And that's exactly what happened. She was intrigued by him. And so they became a couple fast. They became like the fastest couple ever. Like <laughs> they ended up uh, moving in with each other within five days of meeting. So like this was a really fast romance. And, you know, when you do that, when you move in with someone that quick, you don't really get a chance to see what their highs are, what their lows are. You don't get to see what it's like when they're angry. You don't get to see what it's like when the money's funny. You don't get to see any of that because how could you possibly see all that in five days? But they decided to push past that and make it work. And when Jessica moved in with him, I guess she was able to see where the money was coming from. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure she knew that it was drug money and I'm sure she knew that it was illegal what he was doing. But once she was in that house, she was able to see exactly how that money was being made. And and he was cooking. Brother was putting in the work at the house, y'all. He was making the cocaine while he was watching Mari. And um, and he was, you know, just getting his, his, his money right. And so she saw that. And so once she moved in, she was able to see that he was controlling. He wasn't this sweet guy that she knew for five days i'm not gonna let that go y'all so i mean y'all just hold on tight to it with me so <laughs> he wasn't that sweet guy that she thought that he was for those five days he was controlling and he told her listen okay i'm gonna take care of you <clears throat> daddy's home i don't want you stripping no more and she was with it she was like okay that's fine but in return for her not stripping she got him controlling her and then she got put to work because then she became his runner she became the person who was making deliveries for him she was driving him around to places and what's so crazy is that they hadn't even been knowing each other for that long and she was already risking her freedom and the freedom of um her son because what if he got put into the system but at this point she didn't care she was just in love with her man and Derek you know, was saying whatever she wanted to hear. But reports do show that not only was he controlling, he was abusive um, mentally and physically. So, I mean, it, it could be that maybe after she realized who he was, she did want to leave. But <clears throat> at that point, she was kind of in too deep. And so one day, what ended up happening was <laughs> Derek goes and he gets some cocaine from a friend his friend's name is reginald well apparently the batch of cocaine that he got from him was really bad so when he started you know mixing it together putting in the work it wasn't working it <laughs> it wasn't working and so he's pissed which i mean i can understand why it would be but that's why i said you know when you play with fire you have to be prepared to get burned because what are you gonna do call the police and say hey look i just bought a thousand dollars worth of cocaine from this man and it was bad can you go arrest him no you can't because your your hands are dirty too and so at this point he's like i have to take vigilant 
T justice. I have to I have to take matters into my own hand. And so he's hyping Jessica up like, listen, we got to go over here because not only if I don't get this back, it's money out of our household. But then guess what? Everybody else is going to think it's okay to be trying to get over on me. And that's what we're not going to do. And of course, you know, Jessica is like, you know what, baby, whatever you say, you know, and and from the reports that I read at this point, Jessica and Derek are using their own products. So they're they're smoking, <laughs> you know what they're selling. So I could just see them in this house high as a kite and he Derek is hyping Jessica up and she like, "Yeah, baby, I'm with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah." You know, <laughs> handshaking and all, looking like wand off a holiday heart. Listen. <laughs> yeah, baby, I'm with it. I'm with it. And so she's like, "What do we got to do to make this happen?" So he's like, "Okay, we're going to go over there." And we're going to wait on him because because Derek had been trying to call Reginald to get his stuff back. But, of course, you know, once you do somebody dirty, you ain't in nobody's hurry to answer the phone at all. <laughs> if anything, I'm blocking you. Who are you? And uh, that's what Reginald was like. And Derek was like, okay, that's fine. I know where you stay at. So here's, here's where I'm, like, confused. So Re- <laughs> Derek is like, we have to put on disguises so they won't know who we are so i'm gonna put a face mask over my face and you put on a blonde wig now jessica what about your face a wig is gonna cover your head what about your face jessica but i guess like i said they was high so maybe she wasn't thinking that so they go over here and she has on this blonde wig to me would stand out but i don't know i listen don't nobody pay me to think so because <laughs> blind to me stands out blind is like come look at me but they get over there and they stake out reginald's house and he finally comes home and when he comes home the goal is to rush them in the house so they rush reginald in the house and when they get in the house they're like hey where's my money at and so while they were in the car Derek gives Jessica a gun and he's like, this is for your protection because baby, I don't know what's going to happen when we get in here, but I need you to make sure that you're covered and you can cover me. And she's like, yeah, baby, I got you. So she takes the gun. So while they're in the house and Derek is asking Reginald where his stuff is at, they get into a tussle and Jessica is scared. Like, what do I do? But then she remembers I have this gun in my hand. And so she shoots Reginald in the back. But what they don't realize is when they see when you do stuff like that, you don't realize that there are so many other people that can be affected by what you do. So when they rushed Reginald into his house, they had no idea that he had a wife that was there, Kyoto. They had a one year old uh, infant there, a three year old, and then their 10 year old niece was in the house. So while all this stuff is going on, I'm sure Kyoto and the kids were at home just chilling, maybe watching TV, TikToking it up, you know, and then all of this commotion starts to happen. And and once the commotion starts to happen, you're like, well, what's going on? And it happened so fast. You don't even have time to think you're like in. I can only imagine her being in protection mom mode, like, let me take care of my baby. So while. Jessica has shot um, Reginald and they're going back and forth. Uh, Jessica and Derek, like, what do we do now? Like I said, 
Kyoto is in protection mode and she's trying to rush her kids and her niece out of that house. And so she gets out of the house through a sliding door and they're, they're off. And so Derek and Jessica are like, listen, we don't have time to, to, to try to find them. We got to go before the police get here because I know they heard these gunshots. So they go, they get in the car and they're driving off. And while they're driving off, they see, so sad, they see Kyoto holding her baby and they stop the car. Derek gets out the car and he shoots her in the head, execution style, while she's holding her infant in front of um, her other three-year-old baby. And then they get in the car and they drive off like, y'all didn't just kill a man and a woman in front of their children and their niece. I don't understand it. I, it's just a, it's just a really, really sad story. It really, really is. It breaks my heart. They go home. They decide that in we've killed everybody who can really tell on us. Yeah, there there were some stragglers left behind, but guess what? I don't think that they're going to be able to, you know, recognize us. Because guess what? We wore disguises. We covered our tracks. So they go on about their business. They go back out. They're living their life. They don't have any money. You went over there to get the money and your product. You left with two dead bodies, no money, no product. And now you're on the run because you don't know if somebody's looking out for you. So they're, they don't care. I mean, they're, they're, they're probably high again at this point. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess maybe that's just the life that they live. And if that is, I mean, I, I get it. But I mean, it's what's, what's sad to me is that Although I don't think that anybody should have had to die in this situation, I always look at what if Reginald would not have sold that bad batch to Derek? He would have never come to the house. He would have never bombarded him. He would have never shot his wife in front of the kids. And so, like, that caused that to happen. And it's not saying that it's okay. It's just saying that dang how unfortunate that was so you know they're they're out and and jessica and Derek are are living their best lives like they didn't just you know turn so many worlds upside down but uh Derek ends up getting arrested on an unrelated charge and he goes to jail now, while he's in jail, of course, he's calling Jessica, baby, I love you, I miss you, you know, pillow talking it up, and he's ready to get out, though. He wants to get out. <laughs> Bruh's like, babe, I got to get out. And while he's talking to her, I'm sure he's talking to other people like, hey, do you got something that can get me out? And so he calls one of his best friends. His best friend is like, yeah, bro, I got you. How you going to get the money? Because I got stuff to do. I can't bring it to you, but you can come get it. And so he's like, don't worry, say less. So he calls Jessica and is like, hey, Jessica, go over to Garrett's house and get this money. She gets in touch with Garrett and she's like, hey, where do I come pick it up from? And so Jessica goes to where she's supposed to pick this money up from. And I can only see her walking in this house. There's tons of people in this house. I can only see her walking in this house. Hey, y'all. Hey, hey. 
I'm Jessica and she's going in and she's going to get this money so she can be the um, Bonnie to her Clyde. She can go bust him out of jail. But what she doesn't realize is that one of the people that's in this house with all these people who are going to this memorial service for Kyoto is the 10 year old niece who was there when they did the killing. And not only that, but the 10-year-old niece had given a really good sketch. And so when she comes in the house, the niece runs and and her mom is like, what's going on? And she's like, that's the lady who killed my aunt. They call the police. The police, in turn, decide to pull the phone records of Jessica and Derek while he's in jail. And those records show that they were talking about that 10-year-old like, do you think that she could? Do you think that she could, you know, um, identify us? And of course, Derek is like, no, she can't. Derek, what is wrong with you? And I can't either. Derek is not that smart or Derek just really didn't care about Jessica. Because I'm thinking once she put the wig on, why didn't he say, I still know what you look like? This, here, take my mask. I'll put the wig on, you know, or or turn the wig around. And put holes in it. Like, I just don't understand why come he did not have her back. Because he didn't. They both get arrested. And at this time, I guess Jessica's like, hey, look, it's a wrap. So she decides to testify against the love of her life. And in order for her testimony, I'm sorry, in order, (laughs) in exchange for her testimony, Instead of her getting the death penalty, she got 48 years in um, jail. So she doesn't get to see her son. She doesn't get to see him graduate. She doesn't get to see him get married. She doesn't get to, you know, hang out with the grandkids. You know, like most grandmothers or Cocos or Nanas or whatever you want to be called, honeys. She's not going to get to experience any of that because her love for Derek was too strong she allowed that love to clout her judgment to the point where she's gonna spend the rest of her life in jail because she went there when she was what 23 so about i mean unless she get then unless she gets off by some chance early She's going to be in her 70s when she gets out. And I mean, I'm not saying that you can't be great when you're in your 70s, but you just threw your whole life away. Um, And so I just want so much more for us. So if you like this story, go to our Instagram page uh, at suchalady30. Tell me what you liked about it. Tell me what you thought about it. Also, comment so that I can put you in this drawing to win this this money, this free money. Thanks, guys, for listening. And I can't wait to tell you all about our next story. All right, talk to you later.